What's up, everybody? This is The Booch, and this shout-out goes to all of the members of The Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of The Booch Cast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right, the Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25, you can get a personalized video from me on Cameo. And it can be for any occasion that you want. You got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday? I'll make it happen. You want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college? I'll make it happen. Whether it's a happy holidays video, it can be a gender reveal, it can be somebody who needs some motivation, you want the boots to motivate you, or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with, I'll help make the breakup happen. Or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style. All you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch365. There'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the Boochcast from now till the end of time. Go there, book your video, customize it however you want. Let me know how you want it done, and I will make it happen for you. So go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. Dropping 16 since my 316 in 2011. Told the world that I'd take over using my words as the weapon. Got a million dollar dealing at the catalog for leverage. All my haters got more emptiness and diagnosed depression. That's rude. But imagine peaking in high school. You put yourself in a box now. I'm only living by my rules. Participation awards. You couldn't afford to pay all of my dues. Wishing that you were more like me. If you were like me, you wouldn't like you. Promotion is I guess I can hit you fast 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT No Mercy 2023. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Boochcast, I am being joined by the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude, dude? This is broke soul ginger, Zach Scott. Gina speaking. I'm not that broke yet, but I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, and courtesy of this, I was very impressed with this uh, pay-per-view, No Mercy 2023. And courtesy of King and the Cow, oh, here we go. Yes, and all I got to say is, before the pay-per-view even starts, we get off to a good start. Where, because this is called No Mercy, they do a what they call the cold open, the intro to the show, is someone putting in a WWE. WWF and they covered the WWF logo with their fingers. No Mercy N64 video game and the opening is the intro to uh, No Mercy and they say like hot diggity dog and all that stuff like basically the stuff that you would hear yeah. in the game when you played No Mercy as a kid which apparently most people consider to be one of the greatest wrestling video games of all time. Uh, tell the truth I wasn't into wrestling by then. It took me a couple years after that but then when I got into it then I'm, I remember playing a game at a friend's house but not really but I just heard about it and I just saw the the way it looked. I'm like, oh my god. And I was like, this makes me feel old. It brings back childhood. Thank God for in Nintendo 64. <sighs> Anyways. Alright. Yeah, and I, and I liked No Mercy. It was an okay game. Um, I, I, I liked WrestleMania 2000. I played that one because that came out before No Mercy. And then, of course, before that, there was a WCW NWO Revenge. That was my shit. Revenge was my shit. Uh, the only wrestling game I got good at was 2006. I went on to PlayStation 2. I got really, really, really good at that game. Every belt I had. You mean SmackDown vs. Raw? Yeah. 06? Yeah, I remember 06. I played that, and I remember it was so cool because you actually did the voices and they had the storyline. That's why I did. I played a put. I'm like, how many times have you played this? It's like uh, <laughs> a lot. I played that game tremendously. Right now, I'll probably yeah. I think I remember that was like the big selling point was that the wrestlers were finally gonna talk instead of like just seeing dialogue. Voices. Yes, and they actually did voiceover work for the games. If you don't care to sound like the Undertaker, you just seen mine. I had one guy who was really big with dreadlocks. Yes. Entrances, you can use the same finishing move. I was like, screw this, I'm gonna be lazy. Click. Click, click, click. Okay, my favorite wrestle deck. There you go. I actually was meticulous with it. Like, whenever I would get a new a new 2K game, even though I haven't bought 2K23, but I've played it at Desmond's house, um, I would spend literally an entire day just creating my guy. Like, that's the first thing I would do before I did anything else in the game. The first thing I do is I go to the create mode, create my superstar, get his moves together, and I would go down the whole list to get all the exact moves that I want. I would research that. I would create the entrance. I would create the fit. I would do everything. I would make sure that my guy was in tip-top shape before I started playing the game. Yeah, I, I, I understand that right there. I was just simple. I was like, oh, screw this. Let's just get this. Uh, let's just, nah, I'm not going to take that on. Not all day. I was like, yeah, give me 20 minutes. I'll, get, I'll create my own guy. I just copy everybody. I'm like, nah, I'm just being cheap. Why? Because it's simpler that way. ADAT kicks in. All right there, Vinny. Let's do this. Yes, and of course, we open up the show, and there's a pattern that goes on throughout this show. Which is? Vic Joseph tries to rap or make rap references. It's not that good. I'm surprised 
it the theme song for this wasn't California Love? Because they're literally referencing it throughout the entire show. Vic Joseph literally says, as the show is opening up, instead of saying welcome to NXT, he says, welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West, a state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness, which is a verse from the song. Or even in the back with Trick and uh, Carmelo, they were like, you know, California knows how to party, which is the song. California Love. I'm waiting for Cody Rhodes to come out. Because you all remember, like, during the build-up to Mania, when Cody actually did, he, he did a little bit of a Tupac's uh, verse in the song, where he's like, out on bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. Soon as I step on the scene, I'm hearing Hoochie screaming. And the crowd's going nuts. And you're waiting for him to say the rest of it, but he has to stop, because A, copyright, and B, some of the, the rest of that is not uh, appropriate for a PG crowd. You know, fiending for money and alcohol, the life of a West Side player where cowards die and the strong ball. Like, that's it. Yeah. And it was great. I'm wait. I was waiting for them to just throw references throughout the entire night. I was waiting for the rest of it, but it's hard to kind of do, you know. I like. I don't know. Like, if I don't know how long Vic Joseph has been in WWE. Oh wow, at least. But if he's been there longer than ten years, he could have done more references. Like when Booker said, like, you know, he's gonna throw in all your California references, aren't you? Vic could have been like, hey, I've been in the game for ten years making rap tunes. Ever since Honey was wearing Sassoon, <laughs> just throw them all in there. I was listening to the match too, but I could not reference that, you know? Like, if somebody came out and they had, like, you know, diamonds all over themselves, you know, Vic Joseph could have been like, you know, like, I'm trying to think of somebody who in there would have worn diamonds. Like, what guy would have done that? Maybe Trick Williams? I don't know. Let's say Trick Williams is all decked out. He's like, he's got diamonds shining, looking like he robbed Liberace. Like, just throw in some more shit. I would have loved that. <laughs> to me, that would have been, that would have been great. I would have just loved to have seen that. Just so, as many references as you could throw out. So, that was very enjoyable. And now that we got all that out of the way, we'll get to the matches now. I just, I had to address those things right off the bat because those were things I noticed. So I kind of want to talk about them now so we get them out of the way. I got you. And then we have our first official match of the evening. Um, I was a little surprised to open the show, but then I realized this is one of the few matches that doesn't have a title match or a major stipulation. So I understand why it's the opener. And we have Baron Corbin one-on-one -on -one against Braun Breaker. It was interesting to, count, uh, to see Braun Breaker come out with a wolf's head on. He comes down. It was interesting to see that uh, Braun Baker came down in the motorcycle and it kind of took him a minute to get at the corner right there. But, hands down, great opening about Benny. What do you think? Awesome. Oh my god. These two fun big ass behemoths beat the living shit out of each other. For Christ's sake, it was kick out after kick out. I mean, enjoyable. I mean, knocked it out of the fucking bar. Great opening match. I was like, yes, good job. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Two big behemoths to stay off the top rope. Thank you, Jesus. Learn a thing or two, ABW. This is how you do it right. Take it away, Benny. Well, obviously, they didn't go near the top rope, but there was one spot in the match I didn't particularly care for, and that was the very first thing that happened. Baron Corbin is coming out, and he's got the Death Rider, like, skull thing on. He's doing the motorcycle, which I thought was kind of awesome. I'm assuming it was like a... I'm assuming it's Death Rider. Is that the thing that Nicolas Cage played? I don't know. Who was that skull-like character? Uh, 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 Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. I don't know why I thought Death Rider. It's Ghost Rider. Okay, so he had kind of like the Ghost Rider look to him, which I thought was kind of cool. But uh, anyway, my point is, so he's coming out, and then all of a sudden they're doing a stare down, and then all of a sudden there's this senton, and Braun Breaker just does that oh, flip and lands. Yeah. And look, you can't tell me Corbin didn't see that coming. It wasn't like he was like mouthing off to a fan, and then he, and then Breaker did that flip. So I'm sorry that I didn't like that part. Why? Not believable. But everything after that, I was enjoying. You know, the brawl outside, the fight everywhere, brutal. And there's one thing 
though, that I another thing that I noticed in the match that I didn't particularly care for and I felt like was being a major issue, the incident with the announce table. But it didn't break? Well, not that it didn't break. It was the fact that it knocked a bunch of wires loose and caused yeah. a bunch of tech problems. Technical difficulty at first. Was like, what the hell is the commentator? And Vic Joseph came in. Sorry about that, folks. We had a technical difficulty at first. Because it knocked some wires loose. Uh, I remember that. I remember that. What the hell is the commentary? I was like, like well, that's what happened because, and you know, and then they went through the table after that. It's like, look, this is just me, and I and I say this as somebody who's done commentary in wrestling, has dealt with major technical difficulties, especially on a live pay per view. The only live pay per view I've ever done commentary for. It's not the only live pay per view I've been on. I've done two live pay per views: one where I was a commentator, one where I was a manager. But when those tech problems happen, that's bad for the pay per view because now the commentators are fucked and don't know what to do. Because not every commentator isn't a fucking electrician, okay? Not, out, not all of them know the inner workings on how to fix that shit. So you need tech people there to go in, fix the wires, and figure out what's going on. Meanwhile, you got a live pay-per-view going on, and no one's commentating. And that's the one disadvantage to doing announce table spots and why I don't think they should be done in the opening match. Save it for the main event or save it for a moment where it can be warranted. Like, if it was Von Wagner versus Braun Breaker, I get it because Von Wagner's now the table guy. We don't need to have that. I think we, sh- I think we need to reduce the announce table spots or at the very very least, you get a Spanish announce table out there because that's the one you're supposed to fuck with. They always, True. we always fuck with the Spanish announce table because there's not a lot of Spanish-speaking people watching the show. <laughs> okay, so you could go. That's why that's what the Spanish announce table is designed for. You weren't supposed to fuck with the American announce table because there's more American fans than Spanish fans watching the show. Very, very true. So that's why you're not supposed to fuck with it. But that's also why when you see a lot of indie shows, you don't see announce table spots because this is gonna be a, a shocker to a lot of people. But indie promotions, they don't have a WWE budget. No, they don't. If their equipment gets destroyed, they're fucked. You break a monitor in WWE, they'll get a new one, like, tomorrow. Indie companies can't do that. So that's why you never see a table spot where someone goes through an announce table at an indie show. It does not happen because they don't have that kind of budget. And plus, you know, like I said, the announce table spot is getting way overdone at this point anyway. I don't feel like it was needed. I don't feel like it was warranted. I think these two could have had that without the announce table spot. And I think they need to be more mindful of that in the future because you can't fuck up the commentary. It's essential to a match. It really is. The commentators are there to help put things in context and tell the story. Now, if you're in the audience, in the stands, you can't hear the commentators. So that doesn't matter to you. But you do realize when you watch wrestling on TV and then you go to the show, you tell the difference right away. In fact, in the stands, you have to pay more attention. The TV, not so much because you had the commentator explaining shit to you. So either find a way to protect the equipment so this doesn't happen again or reduce your table spots. I think it's getting overplayed, overdone, and it's not being used properly. So that is something that I know I noticed and needed to look at. But other than that, fucking loved it. Uh, I will say there was one other incident where I think Braun went, for, I think uh, Baron went for the end of days and Braun countered it and did some kind of like pin where he had him like in a cradle spot like this near the ropes and the referee was counting the pin but Baron's shoulders weren't on the mat. If you look real closely, his shoulders were underneath Braun's leg. So his shoulders were never flat on the mat but the ref was still counting. So yeah, uh, be mindful of shit like that. You got to look for that for those moves. That's why Braun needs to be aware of where he places himself. And the ref has to also be aware of the shoulders aren't down. You got to be like, shoulders aren't on the mat. You can have somebody locked like this all you want, but if your shoulders are not flat on the canvas, that's not a pin. So I, I felt that was another thing that was noticed. But like I said, those were the little things that I caught. Out 
outside of those little things, this match was badass. These two beat the fuck out of each other. They has fight. They has fight. Yes. And it was brutal. It was awesome. The Robert Stone interference was there. I love that. Some people were confused that Robert Stone was out there, but I understand why because, you know, obviously, Braun Widener has issues with both of them, but Braun was the one that split his skull and put him in the hospital. So, obviously, Robert Stone would want revenge. It also allows Corbin to get a win, and Corbin should get the win here. Yeah, I believe that. I saw that right there. I was like, okay, but otherwise than that, I enjoyed it tremendously. Yes, and the reason Corbin deserves the win is because I mentioned many, 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 many times before, Braun's on his way out the door, or needs to be. Like, I would go as far as to say, if he does wrestle one more time in NXT or has one more big match, it should be at deadline. They've already announced the next premium live event for NXT is deadline, December 9th, and I think Braun should face Von Wagner one-on-one. Von should go over, and then Braun can fucking leave. And by that, I mean go to the main roster. Like, maybe debut him in the Royal Rumble as an entry. Okay. And put him in the Rumble. Like, now he's not going to win the Rumble, but put him in as an entrant to kind of get some dominant spots in before someone finally throws him out. But I think that'd be a good way to showcase him to the main roster. But I feel like, like I said, that after Von Wagner, there's nothing left for Braun Breaker to do. Absolutely fucking nothing. So, that's what I would do. And Braun needs to be putting people over on his way out. So, like I said, the match did everything he needed to do. It was a fucking brawl and definitely a great way to open the show. Very true, sir. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the NXT North America American Championship with Dragon Lee serving as the special guest referee. Dominic Mysterio defends the title against Trick Williams. Like the opening bout, fantastic, uh, fantastic match. Two good matches in a row. And once again, these two fun young gentlemen beat the living shit out here. Of course, you see Dom Mysterio try to run away and everything else. And But uh, what I didn't understand is why did Dragon Lee, he just stood there and took a kick and then you think Domicio did that on accident or on purpose? Apparently, um, Trick moved out of the way. So that's why he hit him. He, he He's not looking to super kick Dragon Lee. He can't super kick Dragon Lee. He's the ref. Yeah. You, you get rid of Dragon Lee, then there's no referee to count your pin. So I don't think he meant to do that, but he didn't have remorse for it either because he doesn't like Dragon Lee. True, 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 true. And then, then this one, he was fantastic second bout. Love the hell of it. They just beat the living shit out of each other. And lo and behold, and then uh, after the um, Dragon Lee came out, people tried to pin him. There's no ref. Then one ref came out there. He's like, you got to get out here quicker. I was like, like one, two, three. And also that poor rep came out. Then all of a sudden, seven moves later, Drag League came back in. One, two, three. Trick Williams is a new North American champion. I literally was a state of fucking shock. My mouth dropped. I'm like, oh. All right, Danny, go ahead. I was shocked that Trick Williams won this match because I did not expect him to. I figured with the Judgment Day having all the gold, or a lot of gold, pretty much all of them have championships. You know, uh, Rhea Ripley is the women's world champion. Uh, Finn and Damian Priest are the tag champs. So I didn't see Dominic losing this title anytime soon now that the Judgment Day is drinking in gold. So now, I don't know if this is the beginning of the end for the Judgment Day losing all their belts. Like, if somebody's going to beat Rhea Ripley, preferably Nia Jax, um, or if they're going to drop the tag belts, it could go back to Kevin and Sammy, or some other WWE team might come in and take them. Maybe the Street Profits. I don't know. Because uh, there's a lot of different stories, different tag teams going on. I don't know what could happen. But I got a feeling that this
this is the beginning of the end of the Judgment Day unless they're planning on having Dominic Mysterio. Maybe he's the one to beat Gunter and become the Intercontinental Champion. So unless you're going to go that route, I can't think of any reason why Dominic would drop the title right now. Either way, match was great. I love the fact there was a drop kick like right out of the gate because it looked like, you know, maybe this is going to end quickly. But it didn't. Thankfully it didn't. Then of course he argues with Dragon Lee. Sorry, please no. And then they did what they did. Yeah. And then he's about to walk out but Trick's like, no, you ain't going nowhere, motherfucker. Back in that ring. And what we saw after that was a back and forth match. It was very much a 50-50 booking style match mm-hmm. where these two were really giving it their all. Great chemistry in the ring. Dominic, I don't know which one of these two was the ring general in this match. I want to say it was Dominic because he's the heel because sometimes the heel leads the match unless the baby face has more experience than they lead the match. Like for example, in some rare cases like Triple H and John Cena are two examples mm-hmm. or Hulk Hogan's another example. Heel or baby face, they're leading the match. But most of the time the heel does the lead in some cases if you're on a level playing field with the other guy you're with like if you're both in the same generation because you know the heel is the one that does all the antics and all the stuff so they usually lead the match and you know Dominic obviously is on the main roster and everything so I would assume he's leading the match and if he is leading the match he did a great job as a ring general yeah he did very good job being a typical shithead heel yeah he was so, yeah, I mean, tremendously. Yeah, he did a modified version of the 619. Um, you know, trick throwing out every move in his arsenal, and all of a sudden that big jumping knee to get the that where uh, he hits the knee. But also, if you notice real carefully, and I think and I and I think the announcers brought it up, Dominic had the title in his hand, and he was going to hit Trick with the title. When Trick came up with the knee, the knee hit the belt, the belt hit Dom's face. So Dom not only got a knee strike, he got hit with the title as well. Yeah, so that knocked him out. One, two, three, and Trick Williams has the title and. I'm excited because to me, Trick Williams is a guy who deserves to have gold. Yes, he is. This guy is phenomenally talented and, in my opinion, has potential to be a big star on the main roster. He can walk it, he can talk it, and he's got the body. He's what you're looking for. Now, granted, from a charisma standpoint, Carmelo Hayes has more charisma, and that's why he's been kind of the front guy and Trick Williams kind of been the background act. It's like the the Diesel, Shawn Michaels scenario in that regard. Even though, me personally, I like Trick Williams more because he's got more of a wrestler's look than Melo does. But that's not denying Carmelo Hayes is incredibly talented. I'm not taking anything away from his ability. I just like, I think Trick has more of a realistic shot at being a world champion on the main roster. But that's just me. So I love the fact that Trick got the North American title. He got to stand on his own two feet. He's got his title now. And of course, him and uh, Melo celebrate a little bit backstage as Melo has to focus on his upcoming match. But like I said, this was a very good match. This, this could have very easily opened the show. In fact, this had more of an opening match feel than, the, than uh, Braun and Corbin but again Braun and Corbin didn't really have anything to fight for like there was nothing really on the line so I get why it opened the show it was the only match on the show that wasn't a title match of some sort so I get it but I felt like this match had more of an opening match feel to it and on that note we're gonna move on here to the next match of the evening we got ourselves a fatal four-way match for the NXT tag team titles the family defense the titles against a team that's now being called Out the Mud OTM versus the Creed Brothers versus Los Lotharios. Uh, fantastic. One problem. It was just too much was going on. Dude. You know that? <laughs> 
Loved it. It was a mixed bag of nuts, but it was a good mixed bag of nuts. I can't believe I just said that right there. Hope I never say that ever again. Okie dokie, here we go. But this is great right fucking it until uh, from what looks like Tony D hurt his knee. And Shaq took a fucking ass kicking. I mean, they went back and forth. And half the time, Tony D and Shaq were teaming up with Creed to go against OTM and the other tech. What's the other tech thing? Los Recess? Los Letharios. Los Letharios. We I said that wrong. But this is great right here. Everybody, I was waiting for Tony D to come back. I was waiting for D to Tony come back. But as soon as you saw that ability right there to look, you can see to your left, if you're looking at your screen very, very closely, you can see the cameraman points towards the left, and you see uh, Tony D coming out with all the uh, medical people, comes out, shoves the, I think the doctor guy was at, I don't know who, who that was, came down there, everything went back to chaos, and lo and behold, they agreed, uh, that, uh, the family uh, retained the tag team titles. Benny, take it away. This was chaotic, but it was a good chaotic. I liked it because there was so much chemistry in this match. The tag team combos that I saw here, I hadn't seen shit like this in a long time, which is kind of funny, and this is a rare moment where I'm about to give praise to people I wouldn't normally give praise to. Uh-oh. But this kind of reminded me of the early stages of the AEW tag team division because in the beginning of AEW, and you guys remember this when Elvis and I used to talk about it, I always said... The best thing about them was their tag team division. That was the bread and butter of AEW when they first started. The weakest link was their women's division. And I've even had AEW fans that have confirmed this. I even had female AEW fans that agree with me on that. That their weakest link for the longest time was their women's division. It was shite. But the tag division was always on point. Because they looked like tag teams. They wrestled like tag teams. You felt like one team was trying to be another team instead of seeing basically two singles matches. Where two guys get in, do a bunch of spots, tag out, do a bunch of spots, which is fine if you're having like a match where it's like, you know, John Cena and The Rock versus like Roman Reigns and fucking uh, Steve Austin. I'll just throw out a random name. I was trying to find somebody on the roster but I couldn't think of anything. So, now obviously in those type of matches, you would see basically two glorified singles matches because they're not real tag teams. But to be a real tag team, you need a tag team name, you gotta dress the same, and you gotta have combo moves that you can use to work together. All these teams did that. Like that one move where, I think it was Los Letharios, where he had the guy hunched up on his back, and then the other guy came over the top, did some kind of like flatliner over the top, like a move right there. Then the other guy flips over and does a last chancery, and then the other guy bounces off the ropes and drops in the face. Sorry, I, I smacked my mic away on that one. <laughs> and drop kicked him in the face. So that's what stood out to me, was all the tag team combos. And I also want to give some more praise here. Good on Zach for no Noticing that camera thing, because I didn't. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's how you think like an analyst, is to look for little things like that. So Zach is, he's learning, ladies and gentlemen. Zach is is finally learning. He's sitting under the learning tree, and the apples are no longer falling on his head. So that's a good thing. And I love the fact that Tony D came back, because it was hard to tell if the injury was legit or not, or if it was legit, they found a way to get him to go back out there for the finish. And one of my favorite spots was the guy jumped off the top up and hit that vicious spider buster. Yeah, I love it when uh, Tony D came out and, like, this dude on one knee is beating the shit out of everybody. And then you kind of see that moment with the Creed brothers where they kind of, like, where Tony D and uh, Julius, they kind of hide, they kind of do that high-five thing real quick, like the slap hands, as they go to do the four-corner superplex. Yeah. Which is another thing you don't normally see in WWE. That's another thing that AEW normally does. 
So I kind of like that NXT is kind of bringing that vibe over here. But they're bringing the good stuff. Yes, they are. They're bringing the good stuff that AEW does and staying away from the dumb shit. Very, very true. So, because that's what I used to always say about AEW. You have to dig through a lot of crap before you find a treasure. So they're taking all the good stuff and they're doing it properly in its right context. They're not doing it just to do it. But then after, after they take care of everybody, there's that moment where the family and the Kribos are kind of staring each other down. And then they do that, hey, it's all about the titles, man. So he's like, so they say, yeah, so Tony's like, all right, bring it on. And then they start fighting because that's how baby faces operate. They take out the heels. And it's like, hey, I'm going to look you dead in your eye before I punch you. And at that point, it's all about the titles, but we're not going to cheat our way to those titles. We're going to beat you the proper way. That's how baby faces operate. But baby face teams, another baby face team, it's like, look, I want that title. I'm going to take it from you. But I'm going to look you in your eyes while I do it. That's key. So again, that is psychology. That's what that is. That's the storytelling aspect to keep that in mind. And then, of course, in the end, they hit the bada bing, bada boom. One, two, three. The family are still the tag team champions. Yep. Uh, rightfully deserved. I would have been. I would not have been happy with the other two, but I would have been happy with the Creed Brothers won. Not the other two tag teams, but the um, Creed Brothers would have won. I would have been just as happy as the family retaining. Well, I'm glad you're fucking happy, but I can tell you right now, ain't nobody happier than the Don right now. Look at that. On one fucking knee. One fucking knee. And I kick every single one of their asses. Everybody falls to the Don. Now, the Creed Brothers, you know, they're good eggs. We had a little good moment in the ring right there. See, that's respect. And that's all the Don ever looks for. The key thing is respect above everything else. And the Creed Brothers, they've always been about respect. That's why they had a seat at our table, which obviously I didn't get a chance to talk about that. But I got to tell you, uh, Cherry Tops, you see that fucking feast we had over there? Yes, I did. It looked very, very fun and enjoyable. Of course it did, man. All the good food, good cooking. One thing about Italians, you come to our house, good fucking food on the table. I tell you that right now. We should cater every fucking holiday. I'll tell you that. Believable right there. I'm just saying, it's a fucking great time. And then out the mud, went back in the fucking mud where they fucking belong and what the hell are they coming out here with these weird ass fucking like bicycle like things what kind of crap is this i don't know i'm not doing it right what, what what kind of hispanic bobby's world crap is this like, out here crying around on these fucking little bicycles like you're three fucking years old and you got what else we got over here we got oh yeah the the los latherios guys the they got the little like claw marks on their fucking chests like, what, did somebody scratch out your hut? I don't fucking get it. But anyway, they all put up a fight. They all came and stated their cases. But in the end, the family still dominates because that's the way it fucking goes. So all I got to say is, get thrown into NXT if you want to see the greatest tag team in wrestling. Me, Stax, the underboss, we run this fucking ship. And when the time is right, I'm getting the top prize because I'm the Don. All right, man. Well, yeah, I enjoyed it right there. So did Vanna Dennis, you Vanna you're happy as hell. Of course I was happy as hell. The family's great. I would have also been happy with the Creed Brothers winning too because the Creed Brothers are phenomenal. I might have been okay with Los Letharios. I definitely didn't want Out the Mud to win. They ain't ready. They just got here. They ain't, they ain't ready for that. Los Letharios, like I said, I would have been okay with it, but not quite yet. I think they need to kind of build themselves back up and reestablish this new gimmick that they have. And then after that, we can get the belts on them. But if the Creed's had won, I would have had no objection because... Uh, there's another spot that it was like, okay, uh... Uh, I mean now took out scripts. Yeah, I didn't like that. 
I didn't like that either. I'm, I'm sorry, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, again, it goes against the, the issue that I have with modern wrestling where the girls can smack the guys around all they want, but the guys can't retaliate. To me, that's not real life, and to me, that's fucking pussy. Also, you're now establishing that Scripps is now officially a manager because you can't take a whooping from Ivy Nile and then believe I'm going to see you become the North American champion. Sorry, it, it just it don't work that way. You, you lose credibility as a man. When a woman beats your ass like that. I'm sorry, but they do. Unless it's like an extreme circumstance. Like if Ronda Rousey kicks your ass. That's different. Ronda Rousey's a badass MMA chick. Like if an MMA chick beats your ass, that's not really an insult. But if you're a wrestler and another wrestler who's female kicks your ass, that doesn't really say much, okay? I mean, I like Ivy Nile, but she's not China. China's, China was in her own ball game back then. So I'm sorry, I didn't like that. So now you've established scripts as a permanent manager because I cannot take him seriously in a wrestling ring fighting for a wrestling title. And I'm going to say it before and I'll say it again. If it's not going to be equal opportunity, don't let the women touch the men. I agree with that. I didn't enjoy that thing. Seriously, but okay. But for me, it was a minor issue. Like, the only reason I'm even bringing it up is because Zach did. I'm not mad about it. I'm just saying. I, I wasn't going to even bring it up because it wasn't worth my time, but that did irritate me. And then we cut to the next match of the evening for the NXT Heritage Cup. Noam Dar defends against Butch. Good start, shitty finish, especially what it is. I mean, yeah, thing was going good. Everything was going back, and I was actually impressed. I was like, all right, all right. I mean, they were tied at 1-1, made it all the way down to six rounds. It was the very first time this ever happened in this type of stipulation slash match. Everything was fine. Everything was good. Then all of a sudden, Gowser's bitch ass comes out there. Beast out of China Bay. Joe Coffee uh, uh, knocks out fucking um, Butch. And then one, two, three, no dog retains. As soon as that happens, about five minutes later, Vinny uh, texts me and he says, in big compilation words, fuck Gowser. I was like, and I, what did I text back? This makes no sense there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That was stupid. What the fuck was the point of Gallus coming out there? No, no, no. I can't think of any reason whatsoever. There's no logic in this. Unless metaphor, did they pay off Gallus? Did they make some kind of deal where it, it, he was like, help me win. I'll give you a shot at the cup. I don't know. Like, maybe we'll see him and Joe Coffee on a future NXT TV episode. Like, maybe they'll explain something this week, this coming week, and then next week they'll have a match for the cup. I don't fucking know. My point is, it was stupid, it was pointless, and there's no reason for Noam Dar to hold on to this thing except that you've pretty much made it clear that without this cup Noam Dar is useless he's one of those people that's dependent on a title or in this case a cup like that's where it's at and that's the worst thing you can be in the wrestling business I, it's gonna sound weird but it is the worst thing you can be is dependent on a title for your character and the reason is because at some point in time you are gonna have to drop that title in some cases it might be in a few months in Roman's case he's had it for three fucking years may or may not drop it at Mania from what I'm hearing because either he's facing Cody or he's facing the Rock, and if he faces The Rock and doesn't drop the title before Mania, he, he ain't losing at WrestleMania, because they're not going to put the world title on The Rock. So, anyway, my point is, once you're dependent on that title, once you lose that title, your character has no meaning. You don't draw money anymore. You have to go away. You have to go somewhere else, and eventually come back when your reign has died off. And you don't want that. You want to be able to work as much as possible, so you can get paid. Now, obviously, WWE's a little bit different. There's guaranteed contracts. People can sit at home and still get paid. 
In the indies, that don't work. You either work or you don't get paid. So you don't want your gimmick to be dependent on a title. I'm not saying you shouldn't want to be the world champion. You should want to be the world champion. But you want to have a character to where even if you lose that title, you're still marketable. Noam Dar is not marketable without that Heritage Cup. He's not. That metaphor faction goes to shit if he doesn't hold that belt. But it already is shit. No, I agree. It is shit. But I'm saying the fact that Noam Dar is dependent on that title, that cup, fucks over anybody that faces him for it. Because Butch should have that cup right now for the simple fact that he's on SmackDown. He could put more eyes on that cup if he's walking to the ring with it when having matches or even walking out with the brawling brutes. What other reason would there be to put Butch in the match? Like, give him the cup. Noam Dar doesn't deserve it. Now, granted, this is the best match Noam Dar has had. Out of all the Heritage Cup matches I've seen, this is the best one. Yeah, it was. It was very, very good till what happened. Till the finish. Like I said, the finish is why I hate this match. It's not even the actual match itself because it was very technical and Butch made it that way and you could tell Butch was dictating the pace of this match while Noam Dar threw in his fucking shenanigans. Butch had Tyler Bate in his corner to be his corner man because they've now got respect for each other because they've closed the chapter on their rivalry from NXT UK. So you've got something here and Butch, like I said, put up a fantastic fucking fight. A fantastic fucking fight. So in my opinion, Butch should have won this match and the finish killed the buzz of this match completely. Destroyed it. Completely fucking destroyed it. And like we said, overall, we loved this pay-per-view. The biggest gripe I have is this. That's about it. Now, like I said, I agree. I've, I've nitpicked at little things right there, but that's what I do as an analyst. But I didn't hate any match up until this point. Once that finish happened, I was like, fuck this shit. So this is the one thing that made me the most angry was the Joe Coffey interference, the Gallus interference, and Noam Dar still being the fucking Heritage Cup champion when he's the most annoying person on this whole fucking show. He's one of the most annoying people on the face of this fucking earth. I wouldn't go that far. I can't call him the most annoying person on earth because Matt Riddle still lives. He's fired, thank God, but he still walks out and talks the streets of planet Earth. Nobody's more annoying than him. And then we cut to, uh, we talk about, you know, NXT deadline coming up December 9th, but they also announce, this is interesting, I didn't know this, there is a two-week special taking place this month. NXT Halloween Havoc will be a two-week event. So it's going to be an NXT night, a Halloween Havoc night one, and a Halloween Havoc night two is going to take place. And basically, what it's going to do is, on October 24th will be night one of Halloween Havoc, and October 31st, which is is Halloween will be night two of Halloween Heaven. Damn it, I was gonna, I didn't have to, if I was going to work, I was going to dress up, but I'm not now. <laughs> well, it's a Tuesday, so we got that going on right here, and um, I don't know, maybe we might do a special on Halloween where we do like a video, and uh, I don't know, maybe we live stream it. I don't fucking know. We'll figure it out. I don't know. We'll, we'll think of something. Time. You got like a month. It's, no, we, we don't have a month. We have, to the, we have to the end of this month. It's October 1st, the time we're sitting here recording this. Yeah, we got about, we got about 30 days, 31 days, whatever the fuck. Point is... I I have the perfect costume for you. I already have a costume. You know what it is? What is that? Charlie Brown. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm not dressing up as Charlie fucking Brown. I'm not dressing up as Charlie Brown. No. I got a Duffman costume. I'll wear that. Duffman and Ron Weasley. Dude, that doesn't like him. Come on. Come on. We'll do it live. We'll just do, just record it on the video one time. We'll do, well, well, yeah, we'll, we'll probably live stream it on Twitch. We'll probably do the Twitch channel, maybe. I don't know. All right, we'll do that right there. You can still put it on Spotify and everything else, you think? Yeah, well, what I'm doing is we can have, like, I, yeah, I can, I can take, I can just easily take the video, convert it to audio, and then, you know, the only difference is I, I probably won't edit it because it's a live stream. So I might just keep everything in there. Or I edit the audio and have the video be uncensored, and you can be like, hey, check out the full uncut over here like we'll we'll figure
figure something out. We got an idea. We because it's Halloween, we might do something yeah, funny. It's on Halloween too. Yeah, but it's only gonna be for that Halloween episode, night one of Halloween Havoc. We're just gonna do regular recording on Halloween on the thirty first. Yes, yeah. we'll do that. And 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 we have to walk around. Come on, like go to the store, go to the racetrack. You walk around and stuff, man. I walk around in the in the, in the run race the outfit. Go get something to eat like we usually do. Well, you're going to be dressed as Ron Weasley when I probably when I come to pick you up that day. Yeah. So we'll probably do that. Okay. Well, we might do some like B-roll for like Instagram or something. <laughs> I'm not dressing up because I'm just picking you up, but you're going to be in your costumes. I'm putting my costume on when I actually sit in front of the damn TV. But if you want to show up in costume and do some Instagram shit, we'll do that. But anyway, now we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Oh, for the NXT Championship, Carmelo Hayes defends the title again. Ilya Dragunov. I thought this was going to be the main main event, right, Benny? No, I've, I've learned anything. It's Becky Lynch main events, all this shit. Becky Lynch has made it very clear <laughs> since she got here. Every match she has is the main event. Becky Lynch is main eventing. Let's just let's just let's just already assume going forward, any match that Becky Lynch does on NXT will be the main event. She is headlining everything. So that did not surprise me. But anyway. But yeah, this match right here was fucking hard hitting as a motherfucker. These two find Jim beat the living shit out of him. And both of them got a little bit of color. Benny, did you notice that at all? Uh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean it it was fucking fantastic. It took three finishers or four for Dragon to finally retain the title. I mean retain. Win the title. Oops. Uh oh well. <laughs> An idiot. But otherwise, this I enjoyed this right here. Vinny, I know you did too right here. Well, didn't you? Oh yeah. Oh my god, this is so good. This was a hard hitting match. Like you could tell these two both had something to prove throughout this match. And that's why the storytelling was on point, the psychology was on point, and it was all about leaving no doubt. And there were so many times where it looked like this match was over. This match was done. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. Until finally he had to do the H bomb off the top rope, Dragonoff did, to finally get the win and win the title. Yep. Because Hayes was kicking out of everything. Yeah, that's true. And then Dragonoff wouldn't give up like there were so many false finishes but it had you on the edge of your seat because a lot of times we've seen false finishes in matches and they're being way overdone like all right we can end this match already i'm i'm bored at this point yeah, this is one of the rare except this is one of the rare exceptions where a false finish was warranted and worked and was very well done and well timed out and obviously you know exchanging their strikes you know fighting back and forth um, you know, hitting each other with every move they got. Hayes missing the nothing but net, which is weird because it's called nothing but net, and he missed. He's like, when Melo shoots, he don't miss, and he, yeah, he missed. He's good there. And then that later led to the H-bomb, boom, for the one, two, three, and then at the end of the match, Dragunov helps, uh, well, not helps him, but he basically tells him, get up, get up, and, you know, Hayes finally gets up, and then he extends his hand, shakes his hand, and shows the respect because, you know, Dragunov's like, you're a competitor. You earn my respect, and we... Yeah, they left it all in the ring, no excuses. And that's why he was able to shake his hand. Like, you know, this could have gone either way. And that's why Hayes shook his hand. He manned up, like, all right, you beat me. And that's usually how babyface matches end, most of the time. 
You know, here's the respect. You earned it. Now you can do what you got to do. And I know there's a couple spots on the Nats table. Once again, Vic's Joseph's candy didn't get scattered. Good thing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Always protect the candy. Always protect the candy. Am I good at spotting that right there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it would have helped in the opener, actually, but okay. <laughs> he has Skittles and Starburst, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you always know that little little red bag of Skittles from Halloween. Yeah. Like, I... So he's tasting the rainbow and whatever Starburst tagline is. I like Starburst. You? You like Starburst? Well, yeah, they're awesome, you know. So Vic was uh, tasting a rainbow that was unexplainably juicy. And... Okay, whatever you say there, man. All right. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Go, get the fuck on. Go. <laughs> what? Oh, Jesus. Those are their taglines. I don't know, but combined together, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just saying. Skittles has taste of the rainbow. Starburst has unexplainably juicy. It works. He tasted a rainbow that was unexplainably juicy. Timmy Skittles hurts my teeth. Yeah, I mean, I I love Skittles. I actually had a I had a coworker who who uh, hated Skittles with a passion. Oh. And uh, I remember one time I did a prank. I found this jumbo-sized bag of Skittles and put it in her locker. Mm -hmm. As I was walking by, she's like, damn it, Vinny. (laughs) 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 Fucking asshole. I was like, you're not going to eat those? He goes, no. I said, well, then can I have it? She threw the bag at me. (laughs) At least they have breaking all the Skittles and they go all over the place. Exactly. And on that note, we're going to move on to the main event of the evening, the Extreme Rules match for the NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defends the title against Tiffany. Stratton. Brilliant fucking match. This was hard fucking hitting. I mean, at least they started the match in the ring, but these two ladies beat the shit. They used kendo sticks. For Christ's sake, Becky Lynch tried to use a hard hat and that epically failed. That was a botch. That was a botch from her. She just looks at it she says, fuck it. Fantastic. But then what was also really cool, kind of old school, but Gator likes, um, Becky Lynch used a fire extinguisher too. Yes. Man, it was, oh man, there was tables and kendo sticks and porn sticks and distracted she got a huge ass cut on her eye that was the only that was the only moment of color that I noticed like I didn't notice Dragonov getting color but I noticed Tiffany it was right on top of his forehead how do you not notice it was right well I wasn't well I'm sorry I wasn't looking at his fucking forehead <coughs> his face is distracting so anyway oh, look yours is distracting eh fuck you so you walked into that one no I didn't yeah, That there was literally no reason to bring that up okay whatever alright go ahead my point is uh, I for one saw the violence in this and it was brutal I love the weapons and the fact that no other match used weapons so this was warranted and no ladders either yeah no ladders because you didn't need fucking ladders for this no thumbtacks either uh no um it did... funny as hell when Becky Lynch came up with that bag I was like please don't be thumbtacks please don't be thumbtacks please don't be thumbtacks and it turns out to be broken up Barbie dolls I was like okay Becky do you have a seriously fucked up dark shiny that we need to know about but okay well I get why she did that because Tiffany Stratton is kind of like uh, looks like a Barbie doll you know and she has that arrogant attitude about her and the whole toodles and everything else so it's she has kind of like a Barbie like vibe to her so it makes sense why she would do that she's basically saying that Tiffany Stratton is nothing more than a Barbie doll which is an insult to women because it basically means you're superficial you bring nothing to the table and you're basically just a hot piece of ass and there's nothing else about you that's interesting that's usually what a Barbie doll is which I get that to a certain extent but when you also take into account that there were so many Barbie dolls back in the day that had 
had multiple jobs. It's not, it's not like Ken had a job and Barbie stayed home. If anything, Ken was staying at home and Barbie was going to fucking work. <laughs> but anyway, none of that, nothing about that. But well, and then of course they fought all around the building, which with the exception of Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker, that was the only other match that did that. And if Becky and Tiffany were going to fight around the building like that, up the ramp and everything, then I don't think Braun and Baron should have done that. You should have one match that does that. You shouldn't have multiple, in my opinion. And I don't feel like Braun and Corbin needed to do all that. Like, I can understand fighting around the barricade and everything, but I don't think they need to go over the barricade and out into the crowd. You don't want to do that too many times, because then it becomes repetitive. You save that shit for your match that warrants it, which is an Extreme Rules match. So that's why I enjoyed it, because, you know, they brought out all these weapons, which made it different than the match they had before. Becky and Tiffany did not need to have a technical match here. They didn't, because we already saw that on TV. This needed to be weapons and violence. So it can be different. That's and exactly it, what it was. Yes. And Becky, of course, pulling coming out with the shopping cart, which was uh, Shades of New Jack. Because that's that's who originated bringing out the shopping cart full of weapons. That was a New Jack thing. Now, obviously, Bad Bunny stole it when he did uh, the match with Damian Priest at Backlash. But Becky Lynch using it here. But that's, that's who originated that was New Jack. He used to come out with a shopping cart full of shit and he'd be hitting people with it because that was his gimmick was was being the original gangster and hardcore and weapons and everything else. So that was, he introduced the shopping cart aspect to the business. So now I'm not saying other people can't use it. I'm just giving people a history lesson on where that came from. It was kind of hard to hold all those weapons as long yeah. as you put it in a shopping cart that makes more sense. Yeah. Mishu, Mishu, ready? We don't need a history lesson. Yes, we do. Fuck off. So my point is, um, love this match. Epic main event. Very, very entertaining. And at the end of it, you know, she hit the manhandle slam, got her back in the ring. Tiffany kicked out, which shocked everybody. But then finally, she hits the manhandle slam onto a pile of steel chairs to end the match and retain the title. And there was a moment where I was shocked because I wasn't sure if Becky was going to win or not. But I'm glad she did. And I'll tell you why. First of all, Tiffany doesn't need to be the women's champion anymore. She's had a good run. I think she's ready for the main roster personally. Becky, on the other hand, there's not a whole lot for her to do on the main roster right now. She's done everything. Yeah, she's held all the championships. She had the feud with Trish. She don't need to do any more right now. What needs to happen is Becky needs to stay in NXT because she can do some good there. It's time to start bringing people who have nothing going on on the main roster down to NXT. So these guys and girls can have legends and veterans to work with, to elevate their game. So what needs to happen right now is we need to look at the entire women's division. Who's still there? Find out who the next top female is in the company. Whether it's a top babyface or a top heel. Find out who it is. Whoever that person is, they need to start grooming and building her up. In the meantime, Becky needs to face people who aren't ready for that and beat them. Becky needs to establish herself a winning streak. But she needs to do it with people who aren't the future top stars. Or are not going to be the future top stars anytime soon. And beat them. After she beats them, once you've got your top female ready, she faces Becky Lynch. She beats Becky Lynch and becomes the women's champion. Because whoever Becky drops that title to you are upping their resume because that is a big deal. That's what's great about having legends and established talent in a ring. That's a key element in getting the new talent over. Now, obviously, there's more to getting the new talent over than just jobbing. 
That's just one aspect of it. Having an incredible match can do that too. That's why it doesn't hurt Tiffany because she has held her own with Becky Lynch. And also, she can go to the main roster and reestablish herself. So this doesn't hurt Tiffany because Tiffany didn't get squashed. She didn't get dominated. She didn't look bad out there. She worked with Becky. Tiffany's respect is going up as a competitor. She's still a heel. She's still annoying as a gimmick. But as a worker, her resume is up because she's already proven she's incredible. And Becky has to beat somebody. So I'm saying, whoever your next top star is, you don't put them in the ring with Becky until they're ready for her to take the title. And that's a way to get her over. Also, the people who aren't ready to be top stars but still work with Becky, it helps them get over because now they can learn how to work and get experience working with veterans. Young guys working with young guys does not elevate the young guys. They need somebody with experience. They need somebody with knowledge. They need somebody who understands wrestling and how it works to build them up. And Becky is that person. Because of her in-ring work, her resume, her years in the business, she can help build these people up as well she should. So, fantastic main event, stellar main event, and the ending to what was overall a fantastic pay-per-view. First time in a long time, too, huh, Vinny? Not really. I mean, there was one, I mean, and I did say this, so I go on record, All Out 2023 was a great pay-per-view. Like I said, it was the best AEW pay-per-view I ever saw, which is why I'm glad it's the last one I ever watched. Because I don't see any pay-per-view they have being better than that. But No Mercy kicked ass. It was very well done. It's got me excited for NXT tomorrow, because it'll be tomorrow at the time this comes out, that NXT airs. But it's also got me excited to see what they do for Deadline in December. And of course, the two-week Halloween Havoc shows. So, that ladies and gentlemen, wrap up this recap of NXT No no mercy. Zach, as always, thank you for your time. Are you busy scheduled to join us? And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Well, generally speaking, I'm not busy. I'm on vacation. I forgot. That's right. You are on vacation. Big vacation. I go. I don't go back to work till Sunday. All right. So Zach will definitely be back for the, be back for NXT tomorrow. So. Uh... Of course, absolutely, absolutely. I'm intri- I gotta see where this happens. <laughs> I'm intrigued, but this is this is gonna be interesting to see. Well, it's even more interesting. And before I wrap up, I do have to mention this. Um, after this, Carmelo and Trick Williams meet up backstage after Carmelo's loss to the NXT Championship, like losing the title. And Trick lets Hayes know he is still him. Hayes thanks him for his support gives him a hug and the show closes but a lot of people said if you looked real closely at the hug do you notice where Carmelo's hand is it's on the North American title so some people are thinking this might lead to a breakup where Melo might turn on Trick and they feud for the North American title I hope that's not the case because I don't want to see these two split up but it's going to be intriguing to see if that's the case like if Melo can't handle being the backup to Trick or helping Trick out and Trick's like hey I helped you when you were champion I helped you when you were North American champion I helped you when you were NXT champion. You can't return the favor from me. You can't let me have the spotlight. And that can lead to a feud. So I'm intrigued to see if how that would go. But we'll find more of this out in the coming weeks. So until then, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there. Or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes the show as well as great content um be on the lookout for the next episode of the male soap opera moment coming soon because uh, we all know wwe fast lane is this saturday so i will begin together with wens and des to give our predictions for wwe fast lane that'll be coming to the Boochcast facebook page also make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram
Instagram at the Boochcast. Get latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. We are currently in the process of getting our Dark Side reviews done. Uh, we're getting a Dark Side of the 2000s wrapped up. Myself and Zach. We're also going to be working on some Dark Side of the Ring episodes as well. We got a few we need to uh, wrap up. And of course, I got some I'll be doing on my own time as well. But everything coming soon to the Boochcast Facebook page. We are getting the ball rolling. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 25th for WWE Survivor Series. I'm still trying to work things out with the team to see if we can make this happen because I mentioned before, I will not be present for the Survivor Series watch party because I will be with Buff Bagwell unless something changes. Uh, I will be with Buff Bagwell in Winston-Salem, North Carolina for WrestleCade. You can catch us on the 24th and the 25th of November for WrestleCade. We'll be hanging out down there. Uh, make sure you come to the table. You can come see us, check us out, and of course take a picture with Buff Bagwell and get some Buff merch. And after that, go feel free to check out all the other tables and talk to all the other stars of professional wrestling as WrestleCade is the second biggest um, wrestling convention on the planet, second only to WrestleCon, and it is a fantastic experience for every pro wrestling fan. I promise you, you will have the time of your life. So if you're in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, come check us out. If you're not and you're going to watch Survivor Series, go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast and hang out with the Boochcast team. Also, as we mentioned earlier, we got a special Halloween stream we're going to be doing on October 31st. Uh, Zach and I are going to be doing a special NXT recap that night. So make sure you guys uh, join us. Check us out. It's going to be a very, very fun experience. We might have an NXT watch party and of course the NXT recap to follow. So make sure you guys join us. It's going to be a hell of a great night. And of course we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and another special project in the works. And of course you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level which is 99 cents $1 per month. We have our second level which is $4.99 $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere $9.99 $10 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock you got to put that $9.99 $10.99 bring it over here. We got better content than Network and unlike the Elite we actually care about our fans are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option to pay with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zechariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Lesbians and death women wear the same clothes. The fuck? Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell.